If someone told me four or five years ago that I needed to learn to sit with my feelings, I probably would have screamed. (laughs) And I'll tell you, it's hard. It's really hard to sit with our feelings, but it's so key in taking that power back around eating and our body and just dealing with feelings without using food. So in today's episode, I'm going to take you through some quick techniques on how to start to learn to sit with your feelings and how you can take that power back, become the intuitive eater and love your body. You're listening to Healthy Mompreneurs Get Wealthy podcast with Kathy Richards, RD. As a registered dietitian with over 20 years of experience, I've helped thousands of people get healthier and ultimately wealthier, and now it's your turn, busy mompreneur. In this podcast, I'll be sharing with you my self-love journey back to health after years of stress and challenges, including living with a spouse with mental illness, suffering a concussion, and living with post-concussion syndrome, illnesses in my family, a death in my family, divorce and more illnesses in my family, and all this with three kids under the age of nine. If anyone can show you how to thrive and not just survive through challenges and setbacks, it's me. Okay, so welcome to episode number 46. I'm continuing the Intuitive Eating series. It's part four today in Cope With Your Feelings Without Using Food because it's such a big principle, principle number seven, that I can't cover it in a couple episodes. So here we are on episode four. Um, So we're going to get into how to learn to sit with our feelings and that can feel icky. I'm not going to lie. But before I get there, what's been happening over here with me I have been enjoying time in nature. It's always something that comes up and time near water um, when I do any of my intuitive um, coaching with my intuitive coaches. Those are things that come up time and time again. So I had the opportunity this past weekend. I was on a a kid-free weekend and I had the opportunity to go to a cottage, lake house, in Quebec, about an hour away from my house, on a beautiful lake, and dog sit a beautiful golden retriever. So it was amazing. I had initially invited someone to come with me. They had to cancel due to family circumstances. And, you know, I really had to feel into that and tell myself that, yeah, actually I needed to have that space. So I do believe the universe gave me that space to be on my own, to kind of be in silence and really without distraction, to just rest. And it was amazing. I did some paddle boarding. Fillmore, the dog, doesn't like to be on his own. And he has a dog collar that gives him like a a radius around the house, but he can't get to the lake. So I didn't stay out too long in the paddle board because he kept barking. And I didn't want him to bother the neighbors. They're close. Not close enough that you see them when you're there, but on the lake it was echoing quite a bit. So, but I paddleboarded, I did infrared sauna, 
you want to know about the benefits of that, I, I talked about that back early on in, in the podcast series and the benefits. So I had access to that. I did three rounds of infrared sauna, one on each day. And amazing, amazing, amazing. All right. So at the end of last week's episode, we talked about self-nurturance and how important it was self-care, but also to nurture yourself, right? To kind of go beyond just like basic self-care, right? So there is another um, technique that you could use that may be something that you use to self-nurture yourself. So for that strategy, you actually take your imagination and at any moment you take yourself to a place where you felt really calm. Okay, so it could be for some people it might be on the beach, For me, it might be, you know, sitting in a kayak on the water. It could be wrapped in a blanket, reading a book, listening to music, but something where you felt really calm. And then you want to think about that place where whatever it is, and you want to check in with yourself. Like, how are you feeling? Okay, I'm imagining myself in the water. How do I feel? Oh, I can already feel the tension leaving my muscles. So how tense am I? Is it better? Um, yeah, and are my racing thoughts slowing down? Okay, it, it's in some way it's a distraction technique because I'm not thinking about what was bothering me a few minutes ago. But it's also a way to nurture yourself and be able to take yourself out of any situation and kind of remind the body that it's safe and to calm the body down, okay? So once you get comfortable with easily calling up that that special place and the image, then you can do that whenever, you know, you need to, especially when you're feeling desperate for food, but you know that you're not hungry, you can go to that place instead, and that can be a tool in your toolbox. So let me know if you have any questions, but self-nurturance, you know, it's like being extra nice to yourself. But if you've got that strategy, that can be super, super helpful. So learning to sit with our feelings. Whew. What am I feeling right now? Um, you know, it's not always fun to sit with our feelings and recognize how we're feeling. So I did go on Instagram today. And I did a type of hunger training on a live short training um, because that can also be one way to check in with your body to see what type of hunger you're feeling can be a way to check in and, and help you have the awareness that it's really an emotion that's bringing on this feeling of needing to eat and starting to recognize maybe what triggers that and then um, choose to still eat or, or not to eat. So the strategy they talk about in principle number seven is to take five minutes, set a timer, and without distraction, explore those emotional triggers that are making you want to eat. Okay, so you're just going to lie down somewhere and you're going to think about like what's happening that makes me want to go and get that ice cream out of the freezer. Okay, so for me, It's often a text message coming in from my ex or some email coming in from my ex, you know, totally changing previously agreed to schedules and things. And that I've 
started to learn to recognize that it triggers me to, I just want to eat something. And the eating kind of numbs it or just distracts me and, and calms me down. But the strategy here is to take five minutes, set a timer, and then after five minutes, explore if you still want to eat. It reminds me, the strategy of riding the craving wave, which is an exercise out of the craving change program that I share with some of my clients and in my expansion program as well, where like that, when that craving hits, it feels so intense. It feels like it's never going to go away. And it feels like we need to satisfy that craving. But we know if we wait 15 minutes later, it's usually that craving is gone. But that doesn't mean initially we're going to wait for 15 minutes. We might not even be able to set that timer for five minutes before we still choose to go and eat. And that's fine. It's just starting to kind of ride that wave. It also reminds me of a conversation in the brain game, which is a different program, which is working at um, yeah, opening up our approach to life. If you want information on the brain game, my friend runs it and it's great. Actually, the friend who I dog sit it for runs it. Um, but in the brain game, I remember one of the things that she said was, 15 minutes for a feeling to pass. Okay. And in that program, the beginning, it is self-awareness. So many things are self-awareness, right? And it's about being, you know, in that calm brain versus being in the reptile brain or whatever, dolphin brain versus reptile brain, right? Or something like that. So it again is about sitting with feelings and knowing that that feeling is going to pass. But I think as kids, a lot of us didn't have the chance to let that feeling come and let that feeling pass because our parents are quick to make that feeling go away by either feeding us or doing something. And as a single mom to three kids, I have to say I need to kind of check in with myself and respond to feelings appropriately, but not try to take away their feeling or make their feeling wrong and definitely not try to give food to solve that feeling because it's okay to have feelings. And my kids are the best reminders. You know, kids are often that best mirror for us, right? They're the best reminders that all feelings are welcome at mom's house. So even if I feel like I'm having a hard time with their feelings, yeah, I still need to accept them and then, you know, come from that place of calm to respond to their feelings. All cravings are fine. So what you want to do, you can sit for five minutes or 15 minutes, whatever feels good. But you want to ask yourself and get in the habit of asking yourself, what am I feeling? And what do I really need? And as we're able to do that, we can build our emotional muscles, right? So and don't judge yourself. If you still choose to eat after you stop and you think, like, what do I really need? Okay, well, I really need to feel heard. Or I really need some more support around the house. Or I really need my boss to give me some feedback when I need, when I ask. Or I, I really need my boss not to keep canceling every review that we have. That happened to me at one point. My boss, um, who's no longer with the organization I work for, canceled every meeting like every month when our meeting would come up she would cancel it and I know it came from a place of like knowing that I was independent I was doing my job not needing to kind of babysit me but I really at that moment in in life I really needed that feedback I really needed someone to tell me that I was doing okay because definitely in my home situation I wasn't getting any of that feedback so I really needed that 
And and I can see that now in hindsight, right? But it's starting to recognize and being able to ask ourselves what we really need. Um, so as you continue to sit with yourself and let the feelings be and just ask yourself, that's how we start to build this emotional muscle. And then we get more comfortable with letting the feelings be. And you can also, you know, refer back to last week's episode and think about like, where do I feel that in my body, right? Because that can give us feedback too. So as you continue to practice this timeout exercise, you'll become more able to wait until you're hungry again to have something to eat or stop eating when you're full, right? Because you'll be able to have that self-awareness and check in with yourself. But don't be alarmed if if you start to feel sad because you've decided not to eat at this point. It's common to feel sad when you've set a limit on some enjoyable experience. So eating brings us joy, right? But when we're not eating from a place of hunger it can lead to those uncomfortable and problematic feelings, right? So if you let yourself feel sad, like I really wanted to eat that extra piece of cake, but I recognize that I'm already full and I don't really need it, it will pass. And then as an intuitive eater, you know that you can have that cake again, right? Nothing's off limits. But it's just getting to that place where, oh, I had it. It was satisfying. And I'm okay. I can I can stop. But also letting that sadness come. Um So don't be afraid if if the sadness comes up. And it, sometimes eating can be a distraction, right? So it's kind of like we don't want it to finish because then we have to go back and do what we don't want to do. So that's another awareness that we can start to have. But what you might want to notice, you know, if you feel like you're comfortably full, you can ask yourself the questions, you know, was that satisfying both physically and in regard to taste? Do I feel comfortable, like not overly full? And am I sad that the meal is now over and I need to stop? Um, And then take a few moments and sit with that feeling of sadness, as well as the appreciation that you have for the delicious meal. Take a few deep breaths, remove yourself from the table, take the plate to the sink if you're at home. If you're in a restaurant, ask for, you know, takeout container. And if you're at home, go into another room and do another activity and see how fast that feeling of sadness leaves. So if you continue to do that practice where you let yourself stop and you let yourself feel the sadness and you take yourself to another place, over time you'll be able to see that you are feeling more content with your eating. You have a heightened level of of self-esteem too. One little thing approach, if you have the workbook, that's on page 173. So one of the most powerful triggers to overeating is the feeling of being overwhelmed and anxious when life's demands seem to like get really out of control. So they're the demands of work or school or emails or phone calls or papers to file, appointments to make, bills, household, personal commitments, sports, all these things, right? The best coping mechanism when this occurs is to just pick one task to do at the moment and let go of everything else, right? So pick up just one paper to file, 
one call to make, one email to return, and then once that task is finished, she picks the next. So if we focus on the one little thing approach when we feel overwhelmed, it can start to help reduce the anxiety and it can start to help with our desire to eat, right? Because sometimes we want to eat to push away anxiety. So starting to do the one little thing where you just pick one thing and get that done. And it feels good. It's that feedback that it gives us too, right? That I've done, I've accomplished what I set out to do. And then that builds confidence. And then the sadness of saying enough. If you practice that activity too, where you stop eating, you let the sadness come, you take a few deep breaths, you remove yourself from the food, putting your thing in the sink or leaving the restaurant, and then you go on to do another activity. By repeating these two strategies, you'll become better at that emotional, like that emotional muscle will get built and then we'll be better able to stop eating when we know that we're not hungry or we're already full. All right, so the next part of this principle is talking about distraction and how to prevent emotional eating in the first place. So I'm going to come back and do one little um, part five and cover those and then we'll move on to the next principle. So as usual, if you have any questions, reach out and let me know and I will talk to you guys soon. Thanks for listening. That's it for today's episode of Healthy Mompreneurs Get Wealthy podcast with Kathy Richards, RD. If you found this helpful and you have a friend who may also find it useful, feel free to share it with them. And don't forget, every month I'm going to draw one lucky reviewer who leaves a review on my podcast, who screen shares it with me on Instagram in my stories, or in their stories. Um, one lucky reviewer will receive one free um, 60 minute intensive with me where we'll get down to the nitty gritty and figure out that one thing that's keeping you stuck from achieving your health and wellness goals. All right. Thanks for listening and tune in next week for my latest episode.